Hi, everyone. Welcome to the If Nothing Else podcast. I am so excited that you're here listening to this episode today because we are talking about the Garden of Eden, back to the garden. We are looking at God's original intent for the Garden of Eden to dwell with man. We're looking at how Jesus restored God's original intent for humanity to dwell intimately with man because the Garden of Eden can now be seen in our hearts. So we'll be talking about this Garden of Eden in Genesis and where this garden can be seen today and how we can tend the garden of our hearts. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. All right, let's get started. So we are going to start with the Garden in Genesis. So at the first few pages of the Bible, we see that God is creating the earth and everything in it in six days. And on the seventh day, he rests from everything that he had just created. And then in Genesis 2.8, says, Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. So with everything God has just created, all of the earth and everything in it, it says that he planted a specific place, the Garden of Eden, and he placed the man that he had just created there in this specific place. And then God dwelled with man here. This is the Garden of Eden. He created this place intentionally to dwell with man. We also know that the garden had to be tilled and worked. So Adam's call in Genesis 2.15 says, The Lord God took the man and placed him in the garden of Eden to work it and watch over it. So Adam was in this garden that God had just created, and he was working it, he was tending to this garden, and he was watching over it. We also know that God walked in the garden with man. Genesis 3.8 says, And the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. So this is the Garden of Eden. It's this specific place within all of creation, all of what God had just created, this intentional and specific place where God desired to dwell with man, to walk with man, And where he gave Adam the purpose and the call to be a gardener and to tend to this place that God had just created. So this is the Garden of Eden in Genesis. But where is this garden today? So this garden where God dwells is now in our hearts. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? So God is dwelling inside of you. You are his temple. You are the garden where God dwells. And there's this parallel here with the garden because the garden is the specific place within all of God's creation where God wanted to dwell with man. But now God dwells inside of us. Even though he is omnipresent, he is everywhere. Yet he wanted to dwell somewhere specific inside of you. So there is this parallel here that God has created everything. He is everywhere, but he wants to be somewhere specific. And that is dwelling with you, dwelling inside of you. 
So we can see God's intention with man to dwell among us and within us. And here's the good news. The garden has been restored to God's original intent to dwell in us, which has been made possible through Jesus. It has been restored. God's original intent for creating everything has been restored through Jesus. So Jesus restored the garden. He is the new Adam. So here's another parallel here. Adam had life in the garden, but their sin brought death into the garden. And Jesus' death in the garden, the Bible says that his tomb was in a garden. So Jesus' death in the garden on behalf of our sins brought life to the garden. So I'm going to say that again. Adam's, Adam had life in the garden, but their sin brought death into the garden. And Jesus' death in the garden on behalf of our sins brought life to the garden. So Jesus restored the garden. Jesus is the new Adam. Romans 5, 18 through 21 says, So then as through one trespass, there is condemnation for everyone. So also through one righteous act, there is justification leading to life for everyone. For just as through one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. So also through the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. And then skipping to verse 21, so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace will reign through righteousness, resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So there is life in the garden, but sin brought death in the garden. But Jesus is the new Adam because his death in the garden brought life an eternal life and we will grace reigning in our life has brought righteousness because of Jesus' death and resurrection. So there's another parallel that Jesus is this new Adam. Jesus brought restoration to the thing to the way that things were intended to be. God intended for Eden to be a place where he could dwell and be with man. And now God is dwelling inside of us in the garden of our hearts. Something that's cool is that Jesus is mistaken as a gardener right after he resurrected. In John 20, 11 through 16, says, But Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she was crying, she stooped to look into the tomb. She saw two angels in white sitting where Jesus' body had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you crying? Because they've taken away my Lord, she told them, and I don't know where they've put him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know it was Jesus. Woman, Jesus said to her, why are you crying? Who is it that you're seeking? Supposing he was the gardener, she replied, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. Turning around, she said to him in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. So I do not think that this is a coincidence that Jesus' first appearance, 
he was mistaken as a gardener. So for thinking Jesus as the new Adam, that he brought life to the garden, that he restored the garden, that his death and resurrection made it so that we might have eternal life and can dwell with God forever. We're no longer distant from the Father because Jesus paid the price and paid our debt. So as soon as Jesus died and resurrected, the very first appearance was Mary looking at him and thinking that he was a gardener. I think that is not a coincidence. Like it could have said anything else. It could have said that she thought he was a warrior. He just conquered death. He was a warrior, but instead she thought he was a gardener. I think that's so crazy. Also, our hearts and our bodies are compared to gardens in the Bible. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. This springs of life. And in John 7.38, the one who believes in me, as the scripture has said, will have streams of living water flow from deep within him. So the springs of life, the streams of living water. This is all language that we see in Genesis when the Bible talks about the Garden of Eden. I love this verse, Hosea 10, 12. Sow righteousness for yourselves. Reap the fruit of unfailing love and break up your unplowed ground. For it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers his righteousness on you. So if we see this parallel of the Garden of Eden being a specific place where God is dwelling with man. But now that Jesus has come, he's paid our debt. Now the Holy Spirit, who is living inside of us, who is dwelling with us, and our hearts now being this garden, like the Garden of Eden where God dwells, then we can see that our hearts need to be tended to. Just like this Hosea verse says that we need to sow righteousness for ourselves. We need to reap the fruit of unfailing love and break up your unplowed ground because God is living inside of you. He's living inside of your heart. We need to sow righteousness in our hearts, reap the fruit, break up this unplowed ground. So I have some practicals here for how to tend to the garden of your heart where God dwells. The first one is to cultivate the hard ground and remove the weeds. Matthew 15, 13 says, He replied, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. So everything that is not eternal, that is not of the Lord, needs to be pulled. All of these weeds, all of these things that are temporary need to be pulled from our hearts that have not been planted from the Father. And then Jeremiah 4, 3 says, this is what the Lord says to the people of Judah and to Jerusalem, break up your unplowed ground and do not sow among thorns. So here's this language of breaking up this hard and unplowed ground so that what the Lord needs to plant in our hearts can be planted. So the first practical is break off your unfruitful ways the idols in your heart that are keeping you from the Lord, these distractions that are in your heart that are keeping you from seeing 
God rightly, keeping him from being able to plant things in your heart that he wants to plant in your heart and invite the Holy Spirit there to make room for the things he plants that they can grow and bear fruit. So that's the first practical, cultivate the hard ground and remove the weeds, make room for him to plant the things of him in your heart. The second is seeds need to be sown and these seeds are his word. So when Jesus is telling the parable of the sower, this is the parable with the seeds and where they land, which ground they land on. When he explains this parable, he says that the seeds are the word of God. So we need seeds to be planted in our heart that are his word. We need to be reading his word and treasuring it in the depths of our soul. Whatever it takes, meditating on it, memorizing his word, whatever it takes to truly understand and bury it into into the depths of your heart, those seeds need to be planted. And 1 Corinthians 3, 7 says, So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. So as we are planting these seeds that are his word, he is the one who is letting these seeds grow. So it's not just you planting, but he is a part in it too. He's growing these seeds. So these are these two practicals that I have for you is to cultivate the hard ground and remove the weeds, whether this is healing or deliverance or rebuking the things in your life that are not from the Lord. I'm getting rid of all of these distractions and instead inviting the Holy Spirit to make room and to plant the things of God in your heart. And then also to sow these seeds, his word, to dive into his word, to meditate on it, to memorize it, to just sow it deep into the depths of your heart. And I want to leave you with this. This is Colossians 1, 21 through 22 says, Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. This word for reconcile in Greek means to reconcile completely. Not partially, but to reconcile completely back to the Father through Christ's physical body, through his death, so that we can be presented as holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. And this reconcile is this restoration back to the garden, back to the way that things were meant to be back to God's original intent for humanity, connected with him in his presence, walking in the garden with him, intimate, holy, faultless, blameless, the way things were in the garden. Jesus came and broke his body and shed his blood to reconcile us back to the Father through his death, we can be presented to before God, holy and blameless, walking with him intimately and reconciled to him. So I just want to encourage you, 
Would you tend the garden of your heart? Would you plant the seeds of God's word in your heart? Would you invite Holy Spirit to dwell in your heart and have his way in you? That he would replace what doesn't belong in your heart and replace with what does. Let him transform your heart, the place where he dwells. He is the gardener. I hope y'all enjoyed today's episode. To stay updated, follow at If Nothing Else podcast on Instagram. Feel free to message me through my Instagram if you want to talk or have any prayer requests. Don't forget to spend time in God's presence today, and I am praying for all of you. Bye, guys.